And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast, coming to you on a Thursday as uh, SMU got big news on Wednesday evening on the recruiting trail with the addition of a former Cal signee in Charles Smith the fourth. So look, um, we're going to jump into that, guys, a little bit um, right off the bat. Um, Charles Smith, this is a huge land for SMU uh, as they add to a recruiting class that's now ranked number fourth in the conference. They just jumped Houston, and um, they get a 6'5", 180-pound guard that is really super athletic. Um, that's the big thing that stands out to me when you look at the addition of Charles Smith the fourth. And uh, uh, somebody that, you know, was on the radar for a long time for SMU uh, back when he was, you know, coming up through the AAU ranks really early on. I mean, uh, Patrick and I both watched a lot of him on the circuit as he was coming up. And ultimately, SMU just, you know, some of the bigger names got in there and, and SMU wasn't able to, to keep pace for him and really get their name in the in the final mix of schools. But a, a huge land, Viking Jones was fired by Cal, and he got out of his national letter of intent, and the, the new Cal coaching staff tried to keep him around. That was the big push. Um, and then along with a few other schools trying to get in the mix there. But SMU moved quickly. Uh, Charles Smith, the fourth in his family, reached out to SMU. They knew that they were looking for immediate contributors. And it goes back to relationship with KT Turner, who recruited him really for a long, long time and kept in touch with him. And uh, they got him in on a quick visit, and uh, really, he committed. And it all kind of happened over the course of about three to four to five days. But really, it goes back to that relationship that they had, um, you know, dating back to his uh, you know original recruitment. And and like I said, SMU was in the mix. They tried to, you know, get it. You know, to where Charles Smith the fourth would, would come on and and visit and and include him in his final list of schools, but it didn't happen. And and he went to Cal, um, or at least signed with Cal, and and now he's going to end up an SMU Mustang. One one interesting note before I kind of get into my thoughts on Charles Smith the fourth is that he actually played AAU ball with Darius McNeil, and you saw after he committed that Darius really kind of talked it up and, and said, "Hey man, you know AAU teammates going to college together, all that." So you can tell it was a big pickup for for Darius to see that. Um, but as far as a player, what SMU is getting, they're getting um, definitely somebody that's athletic, and that's a start. And I, and I mentioned this on our board, and you can I went in depth on kind of how everything happened with Charles Smith the Fourth and what kind of player they're getting and how he fits in on PonyStampede.com. So check it out. But one thing that stands out to me, this is a departure in terms of what type of high school players they've been recruiting the last two cycles. Really outside, I would say. Out of Jamar Young, who you know, people debate whether or not he should have been in a, in the class, but look, he's athletic. He has tools. Farhan Hunt, athletic, has tools. But when you look at some of the signees like Darius McBride, Emmanuel Bandamel, uh, Bryce Cook, um, guys like that, Will Douglas and C.J. White, guys like that, they don't have this elite athleticism. Charles Smith IV has that elite athleticism. And it reminds me a little bit of Sterling Brown, who certainly wasn't a freaky athlete, like Charles Smith the fourth is, but he had the athleticism to obviously a play in the NBA now like he is, but he he had that athlete athleticism uh, that could allow him to thrive as a defender uh, and then 
Sterling just went to work and, you know, started as a 35% three, uh, three point shooter and ended up setting a conference record for three point, uh, shooting percentage. So that's the type of player that I think SMU should have been after. And, and they were look like they, tr- they recruited Charles Smith the fourth, you know, the first time around, but that's the type of player they should have been after for a long, long time. So I really like the fact that they got him on board. Now you can develop that, his, his defensive, uh, you know, just abilities. Um, you can develop um, his handles. You can develop his consistency. That's something that, you know, he certainly needs to improve in his game. And, you know, look, I mean, he started as a top 50 overall prospect back in 2017 on the 24-7 sports composite. And now on the composite, he's right at number 300. And then on 24-7 sports, he's just at, I believe, number 251 overall in the country. But look, I think sometimes we undervalue um, athleticism and how much that can um, play a role in, in how successful players are. And I think that's something as, as, as we rank players and, and we talk about you know, how well um, they can translate to the next level, it's not guys that, you know, all right, this guy can shoot and he defends pretty well. You know, he doesn't have great athleticism, but I think he's going to be fine. That's just not... for me, it just doesn't seem like those guys work out, um, for whatever reason or reach their full potential or develop to the, to the ability that you think they might be able to. And so that's why I like Charles Smith, the fourth being added to the roster so much, because he's an immediate upgrade over Will Douglas and CJ White. do not get the, that wrong at all. He's going to step in, play above them right away. They're at 14 scholarships. They need to figure that out. Um, one of them's probably going to go, but um, as of now, you know, no one has you know officially been you know um, moved on from the roster or anything like that. But Charles Smith, the fourth big land for SMU, um, big credit to KT Turner for the work he did to quickly circle the wagons on this and uh, get him on board. Now, um, got a lot of questions on PonyStampede.com for this for this edition of the podcast. Kind of how does this affect Admon Gilder? Um, obviously, um, I think I've kind of said all I'll. Um, um, you know, uh, say on, on, um, Charles Smith, the fourth. So if I didn't answer your questions, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, uh, that I, that I've answered it between the content we've put together. I've got, we've got you covered on Charles Smith, the fourth. Now, Admon Gilder, he's heading over to Gonzaga this weekend. Um, I'm told he's expected to make a decision next week. He's the Texas A&M transfer. That's already visited Texas tech. I'm told that Iowa state, Texas, um, even Kansas are all out of the mix, um, as well as Oregon. They're all out of the mix for Admon Gilder. Um, he's cut them, and, and that includes after hosting Kansas as an in-home um, uh, for an in-home visit just this week. So that just goes to show you, I think, kind of where SMU stands for him. It's going to end up being an SMU-Texas Tech-Gonzaga battle. Look, I, I've said this on Pony Stampede. I feel like SMU has a pretty good shot to land him. But it's going to come down to does he want to go to one of two Final Four teams that are that are far away, or does he want to stay at home in Dallas, contribute in a much bigger role than he would on either one of those rosters, and then be close to family, including his young daughter? That's going to be the question. And sometimes, and we talk about this in recruiting a lot, there are battles that you just can't win for whatever reason. And if Admon Gilder goes elsewhere, it's not because SMU didn't do a good job recruiting him and giving him a lot to think about. That shows from his actions. He's been on campus. He's met with Tim Jankovic. 
He hasn't cut SMU, continues to talk with the staff. That's a good sign. My opinion is that if he was sold on Texas Tech, he would be committed there. And if he didn't want to be in Dallas and close to his daughter, he'd be committed to Texas Tech. It's far enough away where you don't have to be completely across the country and you can play for a Final Four team. But I just don't think he's sold on that situation just yet. So, look, maybe Texas Tech and Gonzaga beat each other out kind of and SMU ends up with Admon Gilder. But as of right now, I'm expecting this to be decided by next weekend. So the 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there. He's got a little bit of time, but really, look, SMU's in a situation where they've got to, you know, make a move here. Um, they already have have with Charles Smith the fourth, but really they've got to make a move with their roster. They can't leave uh, a lot of these um, a lot of these guys just sitting out um, and waiting for a decision to be made. You know that's just um, it's just not not the way um, you know things should really be going with that. So uh, that's kind of the thought process there with Admon Gilder and kind of um, where things stand there. Um, in terms of kind of, you know, how this affects Tim Jankovic, I'll discuss that a little bit more um, after we uh, after we take this quick break. I'll come up, come back on the other side. How does this change things for Tim Jankovic and the staff? And really, um, what 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 are the expectations level level next next uh, year for Tim Jankovic and his staff? We'll get back to that uh, after this short break from the Pony Stampede podcast. All right, welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Um, quick reminder to follow us on PonyStampede.com and subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and uh, share it with all your friends and family that would uh, want to listen. So we appreciate that. Um, back to how the addition of Charles Smith the fourth, and certainly if they can get Albemarle Gilder on board, how would that change change things for Tim Jankovic and, and his staff? Look, I, I think that raises the expectation level for this coaching staff to look, I, I think there are two things that that can happen: go on it, go on a strong NIT run, or if Darius McNeil gets that waiver approved and he's ready to rock next year, it, this is a team that has enough pieces. And if they stay healthy, and with the depth that they now have, and Tim Jankovic has talked a ton about depth, NCAA tournament potentially as like a third or fourth team in. That's if everything comes together, everybody stays healthy. If, if, look, if, if Tim Jankovic is, is that confident in what a full roster will do, that's what the expectation should be is, is a NCAA tournament appearance with the, with the pieces that you've had. Because, look, nobody else out of the high school ranks this year would have really popped off enough to get you to the NCAA tournament. But the depth that they've they've got now, and especially if they add Admon Gilder and Darius McNeil is eligible right away, this is a team that at least in an AAC that is going to be seeing a lot of a lot of changes at times. Um, you know they've got to uh, potentially get back to the NCAA tournament. But look, I, I think a strong NIT run is kind of reasonable um, in terms of expectations. Now, what do I think needs to happen for Tim Jankovic to keep his job? I would think a strong NIT run would keep his job. I don't. I think a one and done type performance in the NIT would probably not be enough to keep it. Um, and I, I'll be honest about that. I, I, I mean, unless they have a really strong season, but they miss the NCAA tournament and then 
you know, just flame out in the first round of the NIT. I, but they've got to make the NIT for him to keep his job. Um, there's no question about that. If there's if um, if they don't sign anyone of impact in the 2020 class, because look, they technically don't really have scholarships right now. But if they land Admon Gilder, they'll have at least one. And then I think by the time the season rolls around and you start to see, okay, can Everett Ray play? Did Jamar Young develop enough? All of those things. Do you recruit well enough to replace those guys with better players? It's going to be an all-encompassing look at at his job and all of that and the job he's done recruiting. Because right now, he's done a really – look, this staff, KT Turner especially, has done a phenomenal job recruiting late in the cycle to get transfers, to get impact transfers – for anyone from Tyson Jolly out of the junior college ranks, Darius McNeil transferred from Cal. They did a nice job at least trying to get Nevada guard uh, Jalen Harrison an SMU legacy. Um, and then they go out and they add Charles Smith here late. So look, I mean, they did a nice job closing. They add Admon Gilder. I know it's a graduate transfer situation, but again, it's just another positive uh, addition for KT Turner, really, um, who's done a phenomenal job, honestly, carrying the staff recruiting right now. Um, as far as... Um, you know, will it be enough? It'll be an all-encompassing view. I do think he's got to at least make the NIT and make a run there. But there's a lot of positivity around the program, and there are guys across the country in terms of coaches that are watching what's going on, and they're saying SMU's helped themselves over the last few weeks and, you know, should be a team that can make some waves in the conference. But, um, you know, I think making the NIT, making a run, will be enough to keep his job. And then as long as the recruiting in the 2020 class, one or two players, kind of depending on how all the scholarships work out, um, will be taken into account. And then we'll see kind of how things go from there. But um, as far as basketball, I think I've kind of covered it. I want to switch over to the football side of things relatively quickly here. Talk a little bit about the job Sonny Dykes and his staff have done on the recruiting trail um, this is a big weekend coming up for the coaching staff. They've got a few key official visitors coming in. And if you don't subscribe to PonyStampede.com, go ahead and take the seven-day trial. Um, I think you guys will really enjoy it. That will get you through the weekend uh, for the official visitors and then their reactions as they pour in um, and, and what we pick up from the recruiting trail, um, what we pick up on new offers, all of those things. We just dropped a big Hilltop review that includes some of the official visitors coming in for SMU, there there are a couple more that they're they're working on potentially to come in, but right now uh, we've got three confirmed visitors for the coaching staff this weekend. As far as um, this 2020 class, I think it's a getting really close to taking off with a um, you know with an addition here or two. Um, I know they feel close on a on a couple of players and. Um, by the end of this month, I would think they could very well have two to three on board and get this class rolling. So this weekend, first critical weekend of, of the summer, really. It's their first high school official visit weekend, so they'll be uh, hosting a lot of these guys. They'll have a couple surprise visitors on campus, I think. Um, as I pivot here in terms of transfers, um, SMU is getting close to adding roughly about three to four transfers, all really impact guys. Um, I can't really share anything more than that, but um, they're upgrades. They're guys that can contribute. They're veterans. Um, and again, it's just a credit to Sonny Dykes and his staff. Once they're announced, you'll kind of hear more about them. But like I said, um, outstanding job by them. Uh, you know, as, as we can share more, we will. But 
Um, that'll be behind our wall on PonyStampede.com. But look, I mean, they, they've done a phenomenal job recruiting transfers to SMU to get them you know, back to Dallas and kind of you know, get them excited about contributing uh, to the program and, and coming back um, to Dallas to finish out their college careers. So I would say three to four as of now, probably by the end of the summer, maybe five, six, depending on how the roster shakes up. So um, finally, uh, kind of a, a wrap on um, – uh, a wrap-up question here. How do, how nervous uh, James Pony Island asks, should I be about the offensive line and secondary? Will either be better year over year in 2019? I'm going to go with yes in terms of the offensive line being better. Um, I really like, look, and, and Chad Persley was a huge loss. Um, but outside of that, I think the competition that they've created a, a, along this offensive line has been outstanding. When you look at what they've got from the way Bo Morris played last year, stepping in for Chad Persley after he got hurt, um, I love a lot, you know the work Alan Ali's done, but he's being pushed. Hayden Howerton's a rock in the middle there at center. And then you've got guys like Kobe Bryant, Jalen Thomas, Kadarius Smith. Um, the list kind of goes on of guys that are competing all across um, that that offensive line for 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 spots and and even you know you know Kadarius Smith on the, on the left side is pushing Bo Morris so how does that affect the rest of the offensive line so like I said I, I think the offensive line will certainly be better I do worry about the secondary a little bit but that's more about guys staying healthy I mean they had at least four corners sitting out of the spring game with various injuries and so look I mean that's that's a concern um, for me Robert Hayes I think will be fine uh, Sam Westfall is uh, supposed to be really a day one contributor and starter. So I like what they've got in Westfall. If they can get this transfer that they're going to have coming in at at corner uh, eligible right away, that'll be a huge addition for them and one that they can um, lean on in a big way. So um, I think in terms of the corners, I feel pretty good about where they're at. The safeties, um, I really kind of worry. Um, and, and look, Trevor Denbo looked outstanding in the spring and they really, really talked him up, but you just don't know until it's a game. And and, I mean, that's just how it is. Um, but Rodney Clemens is going to be a good player back there for them. And then I think they can get some versatility and, and kind of toy around with maybe, you know, a corner being moved back or, or what have you in case they need to spell some guys or whatever. Kevin Kane's obviously very good at shifting, uh, you know, guys around in the secondary or, or just all over the defense and, and creating different mismatches and things like that. So I really think that I'm not ready to say the secondary will be better. It depends on a few things. It depends on health. It depends on guys' ability to, to really um, stay healthy. And then kind of how does this all work out with some of these additions? So I think that'll be the main thing to watch as, uh, you know, the season approaches is, is can they get guys healthy? Can they stay healthy? And then how do things work out with some of these transfers? So that'll all be stuff to watch. I think there's a chance they could even add another junior college player at corner um, as well. So they've got an offer on the table. Got to check in and see if they're going to get a visit uh, from Jaquan Treadwell. We mentioned him on the podcast before. SMU and Old Dominion have been the ones to offer, but we'll see kind of where things stand with him and roster spots. Um, But for now, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Kind of a quick hitting one. We'll be back 
on Monday to really recap what will be a huge recruiting weekend for SMU football. I'll share the latest on what I know on Admon Gilder coming off of his Gonzaga visit. Is SMU going to be in the mix for a big man to add late? We'll see. Um, this is a big weekend, and you know this is uh, one where you can make some waves, especially with one of the official visitors. I mean, really two of them that are, that are big-time Power 5 players um, and, and maybe shift the tide your way and, and you know get maybe a silent commit or, gosh, maybe even pop one of them. So, look – uh, keep it locked on PonyStampede.com. Pick up a seven-day trial, like I mentioned. You can do that on the front page of PonyStampede.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and have a great weekend.